It's the Jenny Hatch Show, and I am your host. Tonight, on the husband and wife home birth chat, I wanted to share just a little bit about music. I still feel like we are entering uncharted territory, especially in America, with hyperinflation on the horizon. And I just wanted to share a couple of things that I have used over the years to help keep me sane. I am someone who started my adult life at the tender age of 21 with what's termed a postpartum psychosis, a nervous breakdown after the birth of my first baby. And so I've spent a lot of time over these past 33 years or so since that shaping event in my early life, trying to figure out how to be mentally well in a world that was just traumatic and difficult for me to navigate. And although I spent 14 months on psychiatric medications and did intensive psychotherapy during that first year after my breakdown, and I've had several hospitalizations since where I interfaced with psychologists and the therapy world, and support groups and the various infrastructures that are there for mental health. For the most part, I have worked through my various issues using alternative healing. And I wanted to talk tonight about music because music is the universal language. It crosses all races and cultures and parties, families, and is the medium that so many of us can easily tap into that I just wanted to talk a little bit about how to use music to change the frequency of what you're feeling in your heart and your mind and share what I've done to help myself as I've healed from lots of childhood trauma and various assaults that took place over my lifespan. There was one day I felt myself sinking into depression, and my husband could feel it too. And for me, depression gets very dark quickly. And all of a sudden, Paul busted into our bedroom with his guitar, and he just looked me in the eyes, and he started to sing with his guitar. And I felt myself respond in a very positive way to his music. He didn't say anything. He didn't counsel me or try to tell me what to think or say or do. He just sang to me. And during those few minutes of him singing a couple of songs, everything changed. I felt better. I felt like I wasn't wandering out in the desert alone into a dark place where depression could have just covered me and I lost my mind again. And it's just one illustration of many, many times when various things happened that enabled me to pull off the cliff. I felt myself on the edge of the cliff, tipping over into either mania or depression. And it was music so many times that pulled me off the cliff and helped me ground myself back in reality. 
that music and housework. Because housework is something that has to be done every day. And quite often, especially when my kids were in school, my husband was at work, and there was just me at home to take care of the toddler and do the housework. Well, somebody has to do that work. Dishes, laundry, cleaning up, scrubbing down. It was me who needed to do that work. I didn't have the luxury to just wallow in my sorrows and my traumas. And so I credit housework with also being a key to helping me, again, face reality. There's nothing like a dirty sink full of dishes to pull you out of whatever dark place you're in and just say, okay, somebody's got to do this job. I'm going to do it. And when I arrived home in Ohio, we had lived in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And when I had my breakdown, my family took me up to Michigan for hospitalization. And I ended up staying there for about 11 weeks. And my husband had been going back and forth for work. And the final time he came up to get me and our daughter and take us home, his back went out. And so for a week, he was just flat on his back. And then we packed into the car and went home to Ohio. He had left a sink full of dirty dishes when he came up to pick us up, which it was a four-hour drive. So here's me after 11 weeks of hospitalization and medication and all this interface with psychiatry. And then I spent weeks in the hospital and then weeks with my parents in their home. I finally came home and and my husband was still out of it with his back. So he went to bed after the long car ride and there was a baby to take care of. And there was a sink full of not only dirty dishes, but moldy dishes. And it was, it was my job to do it. And I remember washing those dishes and I hadn't done any sort of housework for all those 11 weeks. I had just been a patient and then, you know, convalescing at my parents' home where there were lots of hands to do the work. But here was this sink full of dishes that needed to be washed and a infant that needed to be cared for. And I just remember thinking, okay, I've got to do this work. And so I did. And it was the first step to rebuilding my life after a break with reality. And as harsh realities come upon us over the next days, weeks, months, around war, around hyperinflation, and food shortages, potentially, and especially for the young Americans out there who've never experienced these deprivations and stressors, I'm really concerned about mental health and keeping people sane. And if they go insane, offering them a hand to say, here, I understand that you lost it. I understand why you're not able to reconcile your reality and you, you scooted away to unreality as a potentially safe place. But I want to help give you a hand up back to reality. I've gone through that process and it is doable. You can do it. When I was studying pioneer history of my people, the Mormon people, 
I read a fascinating book about a woman who was one of the first doctors in Utah. She had gone back east to get her medical license, studied midwifery, and then she went back to Utah and worked as one of the only credentialed midwives in the state. Her name was Ellis Ship, and she was a polygamous wife of a man who had several wives. I think, if I remember right, she ended up having 11 children of her own. She had a huge family. But then she was a midwife, but she also trained other midwives. And her work influenced the Utah Territory for good. Many babies were born safely because of Ellis's professionalism and knowledge of the human body and how to help women when they were in labor. So I read her biography, and I remember this one chapter where it talked about the handcart pioneers who walked from Independence, Missouri, all the way to the Salt Lake Valley. They built handcarts that they put their belongings in, and they just walked. And um, so many of those who made this trip before the railroads came along, the women, some of them were pregnant and taking care of toddlers and infants. And they would get into the Salt Lake Valley and be so ravaged by the experiences that they had that some of them lost their minds. In fact, it was a passage in Ellis's book that there were so many mothers running around Salt Lake in psychotic, a psychotic state. They felt like they needed to open a hospital or a home for all these women who were suffering from postpartum psychosis and just general meltdown because of the harshness of their realities. Many of these women had grown up in very cultured homes in Europe, studying music and going to school. And here they were in the desert in Utah, trying to scratch a living off, literally off the rocks of the Utah desert. And so many of these women lost their minds and went through a very similar experience to what I had after the birth of their babies. And I just remember thinking that as a child, when I would hear the stories of the pioneers and the music and it all was so glorious, they didn't take the time to tell the children about the other side of the singing and some must push and some must pull as we go marching up the hill. The dark side was there was a mental health cost to these pioneers and what they suffered. And especially as they built homes and started farming, there were many times they suffered from hunger and want. And as we're approaching a time when I think there might be some suffering around hunger and the ability to just live our day-to-day -day lives, pay our bills, function. I'm concerned about those who may tip over into mental illness and, again, asking what we can do to help them. Number one, help prevent it. The main reason that people lose their minds is they feel like they don't have any control over their own life. And so they start to 
experience the highs and lows of manic depression and suicidal depression and even a hallucinatory state like mania or psychosis. And you just want to offer them something to say, look, you don't want to go there. You know, you don't want to go to that place and be lost in fantasy land. So what can we do to help you feel in control of your life and able to manage day to day without going insane? What I learned is that when I was tripped up by my breakdown, I couldn't help anybody. I couldn't help myself, our daughter, my husband. I couldn't help anyone in my neighborhood or my church or my community. I was the one other people were helping. And so I felt like it was my responsibility as I was healing to get well so that first and foremost, I could take care of myself and then my child and eventually our family. And that I didn't have the luxury to become crazy again because if mom goes down, the whole family goes down. So I took it very seriously, the focus on getting enough sleep, and taking my vitamins, B vitamins. Everybody who's mentally ill has a B vitamin deficiency. And if you will eat flax seeds every day in some form, throw them in your cereal, put them in a smoothie, the flaxseed oil goes into your brain and it helps your body generate B vitamins. And that flaxseed oil is a natural antidepressant that works beautifully, better, than antidepressants for generating those B vitamins and those good feelings. And so I've made it a point to daily get a little bit of flax meal into my diet, take my B complex vitamins. I focus on vitamin D, getting enough sunshine, enough light. These are all things that help prevent depression. Exercise, gentle exercise. You don't want to ravage yourself so much that you're tipping over into dehydration and a difficulty recovering from your workout, that's not helpful when you're mentally ill. But gentle exercise, yoga, walking, swimming, and then the music. The music for me has been as powerful as anything I have done to help myself. And it helps so much when I would sing along and sing sacred hymns sing the great masterworks, Mozart's Requiem, Brahms Requiem, the Messiah. This music is at a frequency that lifts your spirit, changes your feeling at the cellular level, invites the Holy Spirit into your heart and gives you courage and strength. And so my message to anyone who feels like they're on the edge, tipping on the edge of that cliff, about to fall into the rocks and briars of insanity is to daily fill your mind and your heart with beautiful music. The version of the Messiah that I listen to almost every day is the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. And I've got it. I also bought the CD. I've got it on my phone. But I can turn to that music lift my spirits, and then I have the courage 
and the strength to go on another day. So my message to those of you who are looking at what's coming, looking at potential food deprivation, hyperinflation, craziness in our society, especially those of you who are expecting a baby, mom's pregnant, you're wondering what's what's around the corner, make a list for yourself on your favorite music app, sacred music, or whatever music sings to your heart, and then make a point to listen to it, especially if you're feeling nervous or scared or out of sorts. That's my witness and my testimony today. The power of music is real. It has kept me from falling off the cliff into another breakdown. And I share it with you tonight in the spirit in which it is given, which is with great love, respect, and hope that you can make it through whatever experiences you're having, fearless and confident and understanding that there are better days ahead and we'll get there. Might just have to tiptoe through Babylon to get there, but we will get there eventually. Thank you for tuning in. I hope everybody is having a great day. I don't mean to doom and gloom, but I do think it's important that we be solidly in reality, especially if there are little children in our lives. Thanks again. I hope you have a great week.